Welcome back to the Talking Dad podcast. And on this episode of Dad Chats, I've got Tom Davis from the Proper Mental podcast. Hello, Tom. Hello, mate. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I've just, I'm just fresh off a, uh, a stag do in Liverpool over the weekend. So still catching up with a bit of sleep. Oh, mate. Yeah. That's, uh, that's where I am, actually. I'm near Liverpool. I'm just across oh, the water you? on the Wirral. Yes. Yeah, so you've been in my, my neck of the woods. Do you have yeah. a good weekend? Yeah, I have. It was, it was good. Yeah. It was a bit full on. We did plenty of activities during the day and then we went out in Liverpool for the night and uh, stayed out a little bit later than I usually would. Had to share share a bed with a mate because it was cheaper in the hotel. Um, (laughs) You know, usual stuff, but um, there was a few dads there. So we were trying to take it easy while quietly all realizing that we're a bit too old for this. And do we really want to be out doing this now? (laughs) (laughs) Especially when you're still feeling it on Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. So would it just be better to be at home putting the kids to bed? I don't know. So do you want to start off by telling us about your dad life? Who's, Who's in your family? Who have you got? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm married to Kim. We've been together for about 16 years and married for eight of those. And uh, we got two little ones. We've got Reese, who is seven, and Megan, who is five. Um, there's uh, there's 19 months between them. So like half the year, when I say their ages, people go, oh, that's a nice gap. And for the other half of the year, when I say their ages, people go like, oh, that's quite close together. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and that's us. And we live in uh, in Wallasey. And um, this is where my wife's from. I'm from Wales originally um and we met abroad we used to work for a holiday company so that's where okay. kind of where we we met and we did that for a few years and then it was time to to uh just come home and and put some roots down really and yeah and decided to to live here and you know the the usual path after that mate yeah you know work and a flat and a house and a kid and a wedding and yeah all that sort of stuff life starts to move pretty quickly after all that doesn't it it really does yeah <laughs> especially once the kids come along hey yeah really speeds up then yeah very much so but yeah that's us yeah just the four of us so how is uh how's the school holidays treating you um not well to be honest (laughs) it's uh yeah it's uh it's hard going isn't it it's um yeah it's really really hard going it's um i don't know it doesn't make sense to me right so the kids got six weeks off and then with all the other holidays and half terms and all the rest of it there's what like 10 weeks a year or something and then most adults get four weeks paid leave if they're lucky so like straight away the maths doesn't work you know straight away your kids are off more than you are so definitely um, i'm yeah it's tricky yeah i'm self-employed um so i'm lucky in the way that i can work kind of when i want but obviously if i'm not in work i'm not getting paid uh whereas my wife works in retail so she's the opposite then so she's got paid holiday but it's tricky to get holiday so we just kind of like juggle those two things those two things between us but um yeah, it's a it's a slog, and you know, and there's lots of. I always think there's lots of guilt in the summer holidays as well because you kind of want to, especially when you got to work or um, you want your kids to have this amazing summer holiday, like the ones that we all like think of, remember from our, our childhood, you know. But like they weren't really like that, were they? It must have been loads of boring days and rainy days, and but yeah, yeah. you want to give the experiences and you want to have them to have a fun summer, and there's a certain amount of pressure that comes with that as well. I think, um, yeah, when you got to work and they're uh, having another quiet day or if they're at a, an auntie's house for the morning or something you can't help but feel a, a little bit bad for them so there's a lot i think physically and mentally going on through the summer holidays yeah definitely we, we're probably feeling the same because we had like our sort of family holiday in june just before the holidays and everything kicked in so we haven't really had much to look forward to during this summer and the weather's been rubbish and so 
sort of our sort of week weeks have just been the same in terms of work. Obviously, the kids are a little bit different because one of them's off school, the other one's still at nursery, so he's still been in. But I see what you say about the guilt, and you feel like you should be doing more, but really, nothing's changed for us at the moment. We've got a week coming up at the end of end of the month, so that'll feel like summer holidays. I hope it's not raining like it has been doing. But yeah, I I remember back to being a kid and. So my dad was self-employed all throughout me growing up, and but he worked outside, and work was seasonal. So I think back and I remember all of these like summer holidays we had, and you just go away in the caravan and camping and all these type of things down to Nuki and all that sort of stuff. But there must be loads of times mixed in with all of that childhood where he was away working and wasn't there. But I remember all the times that he wasn't. It feels like oh, I wish I was self-employed because I could just say, right, I'm having three weeks off at summer. But it doesn't work yeah. that way, does it? <laughs> it doesn't at all. No, it doesn't. Yeah, no, I can, you know, sometimes I have to take the time off, you know, because Kim's in work. And then that's always when my phone rings as well, you know, yeah. and you're, you're just like literally just saying, oh, sorry, I can't. And you're just literally just like knocking work back, which is like even worse feeling, right? Because it's like yeah. it's there, it's so close. Yeah. But um, yeah, you know, we do remember our summer holidays as like these really romanticized, you know, like every day was an adventure and off roaming the streets and doing this and doing that and you know but it is a highlight really. it's like you know it's like i don't know it's like looking at someone's instagram isn't it like yeah. you know the the boring days the days where you did nothing but fight with your siblings or like getting your dad's nerves or like you don't remember all that stuff but of course yeah. it was there it has to be right it just has to be like get a little snapshot back into life don't you and you remember the the good bits and the nostalgia sort of plays a trick on you and yeah, exactly that. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, I remember going into one school holidays and I broke my arm in the lead up to it. And uh, I, 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 my dad took me work with him. He just thought that took me away for the, for the for the week. And I think I was painting somebody's house with one hand. And I was about <laughs> I was about fourteen, you know, and you're just about old enough to start getting a glimpse of what work might actually be like. And uh, yeah, I remember just staying in the caravan throughout a week in the summer and sort of trying my best to paint to paint someone's house while they were just sort of making cups of tea and keeping me in biscuits type of thing. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, oh, was, mate, no. it was fun, but unfortunately, especially with the weather at the moment, we've not been able to enjoy much of it for, for the time that we have been off. And then obviously weekends roll around and you're so busy doing normal day-to-day stuff that it doesn't really feel like you've had much time to just sit back, rest and, you know, spend time with the kids, just go down the park and play football or whatever they might like to do. So, yeah, it's tricky. Huh? It's tricky. Yeah. I, you know, I am quite, I suppose. Yeah. I'm quite lucky in that, that respect. I'll try and separate the two. So when I'm with the kids, I'm with the kids and I'll say, right, you know what, I'm here all day. Um, and I'll, you know, make the most of it, try and be present. And then in quite often, like when my wife gets home, then an hour later, I'll skedaddle off down to work and, and do a few hours, you know, so kind of a lot of long days, but it means I can do both, you know, I can keep the business ticking over and then I can still like, you know, do the, do the dad bit. And on those days, I feel, I do feel lucky, you know, I do feel lucky that I can have that, have that time. So yeah. it's one of them, isn't it? You know, it is, it is what it is, mate. It's a, a balance and a juggling yeah. act all of the time, isn't it? Always. Something that we talk about a lot on this podcast seems to come up that sort of term, juggling act and a balance. Mm. Um, Any recent rewards or challenges that have gone on for you, parent-wise? Yeah, I mean, I suppose challenges is the the current summer holiday. It is exactly that, is juggling all the the guilt and the money and, uh, you know, a certain amount of 
I don't know, just kind of like worry and, you know, everything that, everything that comes with it. And, you know, we've kind of like covered that already, but yeah, that's very, that's probably my most recent and current challenge, very much at the forefront of my, uh, of my mind. But, you know, like you talk about rewards and, um, we just went a couple of weekends ago, we went to the Kendall Colin festival in the Lake district. Um, we've been a couple of times, you know, it's very family orientated and, um, we're like really into as a family, really into music before we had kids, my wife and I, we wouldn't go to like Portugal. We'd go to Glastonbury, you know, that was keep. kind of more our, our scene. And, um, yeah, so we started doing it with the, with the kids, you know, and, um, yeah. And it's, it's a great festival, a lot of good bands, lovely atmosphere. And, uh, my son is, he's, um, really obsessed with, uh, Rick Astley, who I think he's found down some like YouTube rabbit holes, you know, he's been introduced to him and Rick Astley was playing, playing at his festival, you know, yeah. and to, to see the, to see the, the joy in his little face, to hear Rick do, um, do the famous song that I can't for the life of me think off the top of my head now. I'm never going to give you up. Right. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And it is it, one of those like parenting moments where you kind of, I don't know, you know, you've got a memory there. Do you know what I mean? You know, like you're, you never know what your kid's going to remember. You never, you can't implant that stuff, but every now and again, you kind of think, Oh, I think this was like, I think this is a memory. I think this is going to be one that gets looked back on, you know? And it was, yeah, it was nice to be, um i always think with festivals it's like being on a different planet for a few days right yeah. it's like being you know like everything just melts away all the all the worries and that guilt and everything that i was talking about before it just goes and to have three or four days together in a field yeah like it, it felt nice you know and like sometimes it's sometimes it's worth it isn't it all the all the tough bits sometimes you go yeah it's worth it so you recommend that festival in particular for families that's a good one is it yeah it's sick yeah because it's small so you still yeah. get like big bands there there's still plenty to do but it's small so like when i see glastonbury now on the telly mo mostly it makes me feel tired like yeah, the idea huge. of like walking around it with like two sets of little legs is just like nah that, that's not for me but yeah kendall calling you can get all the way around in sort of not long at all you know it's a lot smaller it's very well contained so yeah it's great it's great for kids yeah oh that's good all right that will our youngest is uh, two, so we've got maybe a couple of years and then we might tackle a festival. I've always fancied doing it with the kids. It's trying to find the right one for that first experience has got to be relatively smooth, hasn't it? Otherwise, it put everyone off. <laughs> yeah, forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. trying to find the right one. I, I work with somebody, actually, who's just, uh, she went to Glastonbury with her family this year, so she said it was really good and the kids loved it. But I think they did something where they stayed off site. They didn't camp, so they 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 missed a couple of bands that they were wanted to see. But just because of getting out of there and travel wise, they they had to be off site. I, th I think to get back and all that kind of stuff with the kids being it with it being late. So um, that one sounded like a lot of logistics to that that might put a dampener on my experience of it. But I suppose when you've got kids, you, you've got to try and figure it out, haven't you? Yeah, and you go very much like. You, you don't go for the bands right when you got kids because you can't you know it gets to a certain point and if they're not staying up they ain't staying up you know yeah, yeah. and uh yeah you don't get to so there's something quite cool about being there and not having to kind of worry about being at a certain stage at a certain time you have more and more of a hang you just kind of like wander around okay, and, yeah, um, yeah you know and uh you know my wife and i like one of us would sit for a bit and the other one would just disappear for an hour and just go wandering around and you know you get that thing where you walk past the tent and you hear a guitar and think oh that, 
that sounds pretty sick and just pop your head in and d- discover a new band you know is more of that that going on and I, I quite liked not being tied to the tied to the main stage tied to the to the support act or whatever like it was yeah it was cool to have a good feel more part of the festival rather than just yeah just watching the bands yeah it was sick man it was good that sounds good it's always been sort of my go-to it would have been something like that before we had kids that would be my preferred sort of hobby to do and uh it's not something i've been able to do much of since we've had the kids but i definitely like to get back to that yeah yeah there's that phase isn't there that, that phase of a few years where you just kind of have to put the things that make you you to one side yeah, and then yeah. try and reconnect with them a little bit further down the line yeah yeah, yeah. well when we went on our honeymoon in 2019 our sort of family moon as we called it we took the eldest with us uh he would have been about, about three something like that and um we went to Nashville, was one of the stops. So we got to go in quite a few of the honky-tonks and the bars up and down Broadway and with oh, all the live man, music. Yeah. And, he, and he loved it and he was dancing about and really enjoying himself. But um, that, that that trip went really well. We didn't want to push our luck trying to take two of them anywhere like that. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. I mean, like I think we've all had like, you know, days out or weekends away or even like four holidays where you've got back and thought, yeah, that weren't a holiday. Yeah. Like, oh, that, yeah. like, I wish we hadn't done that because now I feel like I really need a holiday. So, yeah, you don't want to risk it, do you? You don't want to. Uh, <laughs> it's just better to wait it out. It'll come. It'll yeah. come. Yeah. Was there uh, was there anything that surprised you, good or bad, about becoming a dad? Oh, mate, all of it, to be honest, <laughs> all of it. I kind of like, I would say that I don't think there was a person on the planet who was least prepared than I was. Um, okay. My son was, I'd never held a baby. Like my son was the first baby I'd even ever held. Um, and yeah, I just, I didn't know what to expect other than what I'd seen on telly and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like even, uh, yeah, all of it, all of it. And um, so, yeah, I have a, a podcast about mental health and that kind of came about because my mental health challenges started after the birth of my my son, you know? Um, so, and becoming a dad was like a massive trigger to that um partly the the extra stresses and anxieties and worries that that come with that um and just not being able to absorb the sheer size of it kind of like broke my brain really um so yeah that that was kind of all happening around that sort of time for me as well um so a lot of it's quite hazy if i'm being quite honest um but yeah it I, do you know what I really couldn't believe is like we were really, really lucky with regards to like the labor and everything. It was straightforward. It was long, but I think the first one often is, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was long and we were in for a couple of days and then we went home and they were just like, yeah, you can go home. And it was, what, what we can just go home. Like, you know, I had to do a test before I drove my car. You're just going to let me take this baby with me, you know? And I, it just from day one, I just felt, unprepared i always remember when he was he was dead new and the the midwife said to us oh you're going to go up to the ward so you need to get him ready and so like my wife was on the bed and and she was saying to him right saying to me right you need to find like find his vest you know so i'm looking in the bag and i "I can't find any vest i was looking for like the little you know like vests like i'd wear on the beach you know not like a baby grow i was looking for like an actual vest i couldn't find anything and then we got it and i couldn't get it in and i couldn't get this hat on and i couldn't do the thing on and it was all just like and i was getting so like upset i was thinking oh my god i failed i've only been a dad for 10 minutes and i've already failed and then the midwife came in and she went um you know oh would you like a hand and i was like yes please and she just kind of went and it was 
just done and she just presented me with this like baby and i was like oh, i've got so much to learn man so right. much to learn and then yeah a couple of days later they let you home with him and you just think like what what am i, what am I gonna do man like how how does this how does this work it's the strangest strangest thing it's like you get home and everything's just how you left it and you're still you and your wife's still her and everything's the same but everything has changed forever and it's almost too big to comprehend, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I was, I wasn't prepared for any of it, to be honest with me. Yeah. Yeah. You've just given me a flashback to that, that, that daunting moment that you just kind of like, just sit there like, oh, everything is the same. Everything is like, we left it two days ago when we went to hospital, except now we've got this little thing in the house that makes loads of noise and poos itself all the time. What do we do? Nobody <laughs> yeah. here to ask, you know, it's just, that's it. And I remember, so we, like you say, for your first one generally is a long time and it took us a whole weekend. We'd actually planned a, a barbecue for our friends that weekend because it was like the last time we would all meet up before the baby arrived and then we'd be off the radar for a couple of months maybe. And uh, he said, no, I'm not having that. I'm going to. I'm going to, I'm going to arrive before you can even have that barbecue. <laughs> Start as um, I mean to go on. Yeah. So we were, we were in the hospital all that weekend and then, and then he sort of arrived sort of in the night, Sunday into Monday. And so we, they took my wife off for a little bit. We have to go and check her over and do whatever they were doing. And it was just me and him in a room and the, the like the midwife nurse just left us and just went out of the room. And I was like, what do I do? Do it. If that baby cries, I don't really know. I know what I'm supposed to do, but I don't really know what I'm going to do. <laughs> it's, just like, it's just on my own about six o'clock in the morning, nobody around. And someone needs to come back quickly before it moves. <laughs> That's so relatable. Yeah. I was like that for about the first couple of months, I think. Yeah. It's very much, uh, very much like that. Just kind of looking at it, thinking like, what, what is this, man? Because yeah. you change your night right your whole identity changes but you're not jamie anymore your dad suddenly and that's like such a big shift but you have to get used to it so quick because nothing like the real world doesn't wait for you those like i, I had two weeks off for my son and like they they were gone in the blink of an eye and then you're straight back to work and you're like i haven't even figured this shit out yet man. No. like i haven't even got my head around this at all and now i'm back in the office like you know what i mean it's just uh it's the strangest, strangest time. And uh, yeah, when I look back now, all I can think about is like, just just the fear. I was so scared, like too scared. Yeah. And obviously, like I said, my brain was breaking, you know, I wasn't well. But yeah, everything. Like no one tells you how noisy they are when they're tiny, like a day or two old, you know? And they're yeah. just rattling, making weird breathing sounds and like thrashing about and you know, I'd be up checking, you know, yeah. every time, every single time he moved, every time he he moved, I'd flinch, you know, and I'd, I'd yeah. be looking and I'd just do that through the night, you know, yeah. it's just, uh, just everything was just, was fearful when it was time to do a nappy. I'd be like, oh, come on, I can do this, you know, like, oh, and then just, yeah, like everything was a big, everything was a big deal. Yeah. And then you're looking around and you're thinking like, we've all got a mate, right. Who's like, a little bit useless or a little bit thick or a little bit daft or whatever. And they've got kids. And I used to think he can do it, but like, he can do it. And there's me like panicking. Do you know what I mean? Like we yeah. all know someone you think, can't believe you're, you're, I mean, you're a really good dad. I can't believe you're a really good dad. Yeah. And uh, yeah, dude, it's just, it's just, I don't know. It's the maddest time. The more I like, it's weird because you block it out, right? The more you talk about it, the more you remember it. It starts to come back, doesn't it? And you don't actually mm. have time to sit and think about it. Cause like you say, when you, when you're at home, you, you, 
dealing with the baby, you're dealing with your wife and your partner. And when you go to work, you're busy at work like that. You say the world doesn't stop for you. So you don't ever really get that moment to sort of sit back and go, oh, this is all happening right now. And then it just keeps going. I mean, as, as the kids get older, it starts to get slightly easier. You don't get them moments where you're constantly checking on the baby's breathing and they're screaming and you don't know what to do because you don't, they can't tell you. I mean, things change, don't they, in different ways and they have the little tantrums and the moments and things like that at bedtime maybe, but it's slightly easier. But then you still, because life just keeps going, you don't ever get that time to just sit and go, right, this has happened now. Things have changed. We're moving. We need to have a little regroup, a little think about what, what we're doing. It just goes yeah. and that's it. All of a sudden, you're seven years down the line. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And even things like the time of birth, right? You know, like, if you're up through the night and then the baby's born, you you start in this whole cycle of sleepless nights on the back foot straight yeah. away. So you ne- and you never get that sleep back. You never. Yeah. I swear I've not looked the same since I had kids. And it's not like the natural aging progress. It's that sleep. It's the, the you know. There's a reason why they use it to torture people in wars. Take sleep away. Definitely. Like, uh, and uh, like my son, he was a um, he wasn't a great sleeper. He didn't actually sleep through till he was two. Um, and like, I remember early on within the first few weeks and yeah, being really, really unwell, not knowing I was unwell. And I remember just thinking like, I just need some sleep. I just need, if I could just get an hour's sleep, I will, I'll be okay. And I remember like Googling, like when the babies sleep and it, and it said something like, you know, oh, some babies from like three months will start to sleep through them. And I, three months, three months and I, was, I can't i can't do it i can't stay awake for three months i can't yeah. do it you know what i mean like and yeah. the little i don't know i'd have two years of it and by then we'd already had megan and she wasn't sleeping either so it was about to get a whole lot worse but i remember the heartache of thinking i've got to do this for three months like it's just it was yeah it's just surreal absolutely surreal yeah. it, it sounds in, ter- in terms of it sleep at least you had a very similar experience to me first time around because i always joke and say my first didn't sleep until he was three so <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it's savage, isn't it? And my wife got it worse than I did because she was breastfeeding. But I I, I remember, well, hazy because I blocked them out. But I remember lots and lots of nights sort of up awake being just this kid just does not want to sleep. And, yeah. Uh, we've been much, much more fortunate the second time around, even though he's had his moments. Because uh, I've got two boys, so. But he, he seems to have slept a lot better or maybe... I just ignore him a lot easier now. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, mixture of both, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, when, the, I, when I went back to work the first time, I was working nights. So at least I got the couple of nights a week that I was kind of away from it. But I remember my wife saying once, like at the real bad time when like he wasn't sleeping, didn't sleep, felt like he wasn't sleeping at all. And I think she went to work one day on 45 minutes sleep. And that was from like six till six forty-five, and then she was up for work, and he'd just been up wow. all night. Yeah, just, it's just like it's brutal, isn't it? Yeah, it's so yeah. brutal. Yeah, I, I mentioned before being self-employed. Well, when we had Reese, I wasn't. I used to work for the NHS. I used to work in um in this big office, and I remember like just used to drag myself to my desk and just mainline coffee all day. And uh, one day I went to the loo. It was about like mid morning, about eleven o'clock, something like that. And I went to the and I looked down and I had odd shoes on 
and where I'd been like that tired in the morning, I just grabbed two shoes out of the cupboard under the stairs and they weren't even like close to matching. You know what I mean? Like one was a brogue, one was plain. They were both kind of brown. And I'd walked around in that state till like mid morning <laughs> before I even spotted it myself. It was just like, and you think like, I drove to work. Like how, yeah. how are we supposed to function on like that when you, you just have no control over your brain when you, when you're that tired, it's like, yeah, it's, Oh, it's just, and then of course everyone's like a sleep expert. That's the worst, man. Everyone you speak to is like, oh, have you not tried this? And, oh, sorry, I didn't think of that. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, I've only been, I've only read seven books and Googled for twenty two hours. Of course, I've thought of that. And yeah, uh, yeah. either that or tell you, oh, really? Oh, like, oh, my, my baby slept through from like day one, and you think, oh, you, know, you don't they're, need to be telling me this right now, man. They are the worst people because you just want to pick them up and throw them as far as you can, don't you? Like, oh yeah, my <laughs> yeah. baby slept eight hours every night since brought him home well good for you yeah nice one <laughs> thanks for that i needed that today yeah i've had that all the way through like parenting you know like when uh, we had a newborn in the house he's like, how's it going to the baby and i'd be like oh yeah you know good not get much sleep but you know we're doing okay and they'd go ah just wait just wait for the terrible twos and then when i had a two-year-old how's it how's it how's it going with the with the kids and you'd be like oh yeah you know you know doing all right you know we're getting through it now Oh, just just wait till they're a three-nager. And then, you know, someone would say to me once, oh, just, just wait till they wait till they turn 18. And it's like, I've got a two-year-old. Yeah. Like, I'm not really not worried about, like, what they're going to be like at 18. I'm just trying to get through. But people are constantly telling you, like, it's going to get worse. No one says to you, like, oh, don't worry, you'll get through it. It's all like, it's all like oh, yeah, it'll be worse when they're two. No, no thanks. Yeah, brilliant. Cheers. Nice one. I used to work with somebody who used to just say it gets better as they get older. That's all she would say. And I could see what she was trying to do now. She was trying to just make it all seem nice. <laughs> yeah, just hang in there. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it gets but it gets different, right? It just it's, changes, it's doesn't different, it? Yeah, yeah. Different There's type of hard, yeah. Peaks and troughs to the whole thing. It just slowly changes day by day. Yeah, yeah. We had last, last year, last summer, I can remember it, we had the first time where we like took the kids to soft play. And it was my wife and I and the two kids, and they just ran off. And we kind of looked at each other and was like, ah, one of us doesn't have to go in anymore. Okay. Shall we like, uh, uh, do you want a coffee? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and we just yeah. sat and had a, had a coffee. And it was the first time that, you know, you've not been like charging around a ball pool or getting stuck on a slide or something, you know? And it was like, right. Okay. And then things slowly start to feel, do feel a little different. You know, you get these odd it's little windows, right? Half an hour there, forty-five minutes there. Like, yeah, yeah it get it. It does get a little, little different like that. Yeah. Just leading on from that, was there any uh, advice that was given to you that either became a sort of day-to-day? -day, I live by this now, or something that you tried didn't work, or just something that maybe stuck that you didn't think would have. Hmm. I we have kind of like an unofficial family motto that we pinched from someone I was working with when we had Reese, And I think cause, cause we were both so nervous and both so anxious and obviously with my mental health stuff going on as well, it was just so much at that time. And we really tried to do everything by the book. You know, we really did try and like stick to schedules and, um, you know, feeding and times and everything. I think it gave us a sense of control in a situation that was really out of our control and then eventually we just got to a point and we're like, the harder we try, the the harder this gets. Like this isn't getting easier. This is it's getting harder and harder and harder. And we just stopped 
doing those sorts of things, you know, and we started like co-sleeping. So we've like all co-slept as the four of us up until quite recently, to be honest. And even now it's like a, it's an open door policy. We all start off in the right beds and I've got no idea where I could wake up in the lounge tomorrow with a kid or whatever, you know, but we all just started like piling in instead of like trying to get the baby to sleep in his room and make it his space and all this sort of stuff. Um, and straight away, all these like problems, just like they just started to go away, you know, like we just started to try and be more, more natural with it, more, like trust your instincts, not what the book says, not yeah. what your 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 nan told you to do. Just go with it. And as soon as we did that, and the kind of the the motto that came from that is, I was telling someone about uh, uh, who I worked with about it, and she was like, "Well, you know, how hard do you want your life to be?" And that's become our family motto. You know, how hard do you want your life to be? And it's like it started off with doing things like co sleeping and all these things, and then it it's become more like when you're kind of at loggerheads trying to get the kids to do something you know and i just think how yeah. hard do you want your life to be is this fight worth it you know yeah. is like could i just concede here am i you know am i trying to hold my ground because it's an important parenting lesson or is my just my ego been a bit wounded or am i just being a grumpy git you know like which one of these how hard do you want your life to be you know just do it let it happen there's no habits that can be made when they're babies that can't be like broken later and most of the times they just forget don't they you're so worried yeah. about them getting in some sort of bad habit and then they have a little growth spurt and just completely forget they were doing it anyway so yeah how hard do you want your life to be and like if in doubt take the easy take the easy road because life's hard enough you know yeah that's uh it's pretty sound advice i'd say and I, and I think you probably realize that a little bit more when you have more than one child because then how, how hard do you want to make your own life in that case because then you've got two to worry about yeah that's it with different needs different things going on and uh yeah we'll say like you know with with reese we like probably over parented and then like with megan she was like feral she raised herself <laughs> do you know what i mean like yeah. it's uh the complete yeah. opposite you know yeah so what about in terms of hobbies and interests for yourself that sort of keep you tom and instead of dad or you talk about your podcast here or you can you know tell me about some other weird hobby you've got yeah well you know podcasting probably is my weirdest uh weirdest yeah. hobby that takes up a, a lot of lot of my time um as i'm sure you uh you know yourself but um yeah so yeah i do i do that that's something that kind of came about in the aftermath of my uh my mental health problems i had um probably for like four years after reese was born i had a lot of problems i was very ill I was pretending I was okay. Um, I had some problems with suicide along the on, along the way, and um, yeah, coming out the back of uh, I had to take some um, some time off work at one point and um, and really like get well, you know. Yeah. And the podcast kind of came from that space from talking openly about my mental health. And after years of pretending I was okay when I wasn't, I I knew I just had to start being honest about it. And the more I spoke to it, the more like people spoke back to me, you know, the more people listened and the more people were like, Oh, you know, I've, I've had this experience, you know, oh, my sister's got anxiety. My uncle died by suicide, whatever, you know? Um, and the podcast kind of grew from there and that's been, that's been huge for me. I think before that, I don't think I had much to okay. se separate me from being dad. I, I wanted to be a good dad so badly I did that thing that I think a lot of people do, both mums and dads, where you just don't take care of yourself, right? And you just throw everything and you want to be the best dad and you want to 
provide and you want to do all these things and you just yeah i just kind of lost sight of who who i was along along the way um yeah and podcasting certainly helped me to to kind of find that gave me a creative outlet you know like i'm a creative person um more recently i've started um i started having drum lessons i've always like i played guitar since i was a kid and when my when my kids came along that kind of fell off i just kind of lost interest after playing for 20 years or something i just kind of got a bit bored of it um but I missed having that musical outlet and I've kind of always wanted to always wanted to be a drummer. And it was always asking, that's why I play guitars. Cause it's like, mom, can I have drums? And she's like, no, they're too loud. <laughs> and then it kind of dawned on me. Oh, hang on, man. I'm the adult now. If I want to have drums, I can have drums, man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I could do what I want. So yeah. yeah, I've been having drum lessons and it's so sick, man. Like I love it. Um, I'm doing like my grade two. I've been doing all the gradings and everything because I, when you're a, uh, when you're a grown up, there's so little things happen that you can get like an, a certificate to say like <laughs> yeah. you've worked hard and you like those opportunities stop. Right. Yeah. So yeah, my drum teacher was like, do you want to do your grading? And I was like, do I get a certificate? Yes. Right. Sign me up, man. Let's do it. So I'm doing me like my grade, working on my grade two at the moment. Um, but yeah, just that connection to music, something that's like just for me, something that uh, you can just kind of lose track of time. I think that's really important for us humans is to have something that makes you kind of look at the clock and go, bloody hell, is that like, fucking hell, I've lost two hours, you know? I yeah. think that's like really important. Um, and then, yeah, through getting back into into making music, I've got back into listening music in the last couple of years. And um, well, yeah, like kind of like you said before, like once the kids get to a certain age, you kind of get a bit back, you know, and getting back into live music, watching bands you know actually having an interest in new music as well as just kind of like living in the 70s and um yeah it's been uh yeah it's sick man so yeah podcasting and drumming kind of keep me keep me centered and keep that's, me i think that sounds pretty good to me that's a it's a fairly good set of hobbies to have uh just going back slightly to sort of that, that sort of time you spoke about where you were struggling a little bit you know you could go into as much detail as you want there but can you think back to what the the little changes were, the little things that made you realize that and then the little things you did differently to try and come out of it? Can you remember any of that, that, you know, for anybody listening that might be in that similar place, just something that might just spark a little bit of, oh, I could try that. Yeah, yeah, it's a wonderful question. Um, I think the first thing I had to do was be honest and say that I wasn't well. And I was always really, really, I didn't want to tell anyone, you know, and it wasn't some like... um weird masculinity thing like um you, you know i've never been like a like a geezer you know i've never been one of the oh, birds pints all that type of laddie stuff that's not really that's not really my way always been softer but yeah i just didn't want to i thought if i told people the things that were going around my head then i thought i've just had this baby someone's going to take him they're going to take him away i'm not going to be safe they're going to think i'm not safe you know just started this business people are going to not come anymore that's going to go under i'm going to get locked up i'm going to get taken away and i, I kept all because i didn't understand what mental health was yeah. i kept it all to myself and the first thing really was just asking for help because i would really act up because i wanted my wife to swoop in and and take charge of the situation and save me because i couldn't ask for help so it's like well if i if i behave in a way that really shocks people or if i say something really shocking then she'll know how much pain i'm in and she'll do something about it but that doesn't work because if you don't ask for help no one knows that you need help yeah. you know she just thought i was being a dick she just thought i was like you know i was unhappy in our marriage and things like that which you couldn't couldn't been further from the from the truth so actually like actually asking for help and speaking up and it's the hardest thing to do 
um but it's the first 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 step you know it's the first step and i didn't do it for so long so long that um i first left the house with the intention of taking my own life in 2017 so my son was born in 2016 december 2017 but then we had another baby um and i didn't i crikey i didn't even go into therapy till like halfway through 2018 you know so right. it, it like it's it's amazing how people can like hold on to this stuff i was like no i'll fix it myself i remember my wife saying to me she said you're not well you need to get help you need to go to the doctor i was going i ain't going to the doctor but don't worry i'll sort this don't worry i'll sort this and i did everything man i read all the books i did yoga i did like you name it all the things that you're supposed to do i did and like none of them worked because i wasn't being honest i wasn't saying i'm poorly i was just saying like oh i'm just tired i'm just stressed i'm not like you know and um, yeah, therapy kind of taught me how to talk and I've not really shut up about it since. Um, but yeah, like that, it just kind of, once you start talking, you just, you feel less alone, you know, and you just, you realize that there's other people who have had these experiences and it's like a really normal thing and, um, and that you can be okay. Cause once you start learning about other people's experiences, you know, it's why I wanted to do my podcast is learn about other people's experiences. And you've, you've got, oh, okay, right, I'm not a weirdo. I'm not a freak. There is hope that person felt like I felt and they're doing okay. Now, maybe I can do okay now, you know? Um, so yeah, just to, just to, to speak up and, and ask for help. And, um, you know, there's some amazing organizations out there. I always think that like the new mental health awareness is signposting, you know, places yeah. like the hub of hope, my black dog, you know, the Samaritans there's, um, you know, if you can't, if you feel like you can't speak to someone close to you, or if you haven't got some people don't have someone close to them, but there are people out there. And unfortunately most people don't know about them until they have to know about them, you know, but um, yeah. yeah, opening up and speaking as cliched as it is. Um, and I don't say it lightly because I didn't do it for years and I know how hard it is. I know how brutal it is, but, um, it's, it's the only way it is the only way. Yeah. Yeah. And you could, you could even be the person that gives advice to your friends and you can't take your own advice in that type of situation. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. People yeah. can hide behind that, you know, people can yeah. hide behind that. And there are organizations like you say, like Samaritans has got an email address. You can write out everything you're thinking in an email, send it to them and sort of, you know, a day or two later, get a response from somebody. And just because you yeah. needed to get that thought out or I know shout, do a lot of good work and they've got a tech service as well. You can use that um, just off the top of my head, the two services I'm sort of well yeah. aware of that are quite, quite well known nationally, but like you say, blokes don't like to sort of talk about that kind of stuff. And even if you're out with your friends down the five side or down the pub or something, you don't, quite well aware that we've all got our own lives and busy things going on things with the missus kids you know dog might not be well or something you don't feel like you don't want to be a burden to somebody by telling them that or talking about that kind of stuff you just try and keep it light don't you talk about mm. the football scores or something stupid and just pretend yeah. it's fine and uh sometimes That's it's not it. so yeah, often it's not, right? Often yeah. it's not. And often that that night out when you're watching the football, that's the that's the distraction. Yeah. You know, and it's after that night where someone goes home and and and, and thinks about how, how bad that they're they're feeling, you know. And yeah, it's tricky, it's tricky for men like that, you know. It's it's not appropriate, is it, when it's like half time and you're at the bar and one of your mates says, How's things? You know, that is not doesn't feel like the time to say, Well, actually things are really shit and I need some help, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that it's 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 finding the finding the time, finding the way to get that ball rolling. Um, yeah, it's so, 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 so important. So 
following that, you may as well give us a podcast plug and tell us a little bit more about its name, where it started and what sort of stuff you cover in that, as people might already be able to guess now. Uh, and then I'll hit you for that final question, if you're happy with that and if you're ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it's called Proper Mental. It's a, it, The name came with a direct quote because I thought I was going mad when I first got sick. I didn't know what was happening to me, you know. I just couldn't cope with life anymore. And you can only use the words that you have available to you. And now I know a lot more about this stuff. But um, back then, I, I, I would say, I think I'm going proper mental. Like, I, that's the only way I could describe it. I thought I was going mad. And, um, yeah, I speak to a different guest each week. And some of those are lived experience so i speak to people from different like charities and organizations therapists doctors um i've had all sorts of people on you know i've had people off the telly on you know people you definitely have heard of people you definitely won't um you know my wife's been on uh you know my auntie's been on like you know so like yeah a real a real good uh mix i'm just trying to kind of get as many perspectives as possible i whenever i went looking for help and i I was poorly and I'm a big fan of podcasts anyway. I love listening to podcasts. I love the medium. I love everything, the DIY element of it and the the people that you meet through doing it. And like, I'm a big, big fan of all that. And um, I went looking in podcasts for, for some sort of help, you know, to hear my experience like reflected back at me. And I didn't like all the mental health stuff was either very light and fluffy, lots of like, you know, nice, pretty music and people talking about doing yoga and feeling their feelings. Um, or it was sort of like blokes that are 10 years younger than me with millions of pounds in the bank, wearing black t-shirts talking about mindset and do you know what I mean? And like, no one cares work harder and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, that's not, there's no working class voices. There's no one who looks like me and sounds like me. There's no one who like, you know, like it was all, so I was like, well, like everyone, can say that right so the more people i can speak to then the more different people can feel like represented through the through the conversation but um yeah it comes out every monday yeah is there a famous dad that you would like to be like or would try and model your parenting on i thought a lot about this question actually it kind of like it really got me thinking in general about kind of like dads and parenting and people that i admire um there isn't, I don't, I couldn't name a celebrity dad. Okay. Like, I kind of like assumed that a lot of celebrities are dads. There was no one I thought like, oh, they're a, a good dad. Um, weirdly, without wanting to sound like, like I'm being like fucking awkward on purpose, but I don't really believe in like celebrity culture. Right. Yeah. So I don't like the idea we put people on pedestals just because of who they are or what they do. Um, and I, yeah, so I couldn't, but it did get me thinking about the type of dads that I do admire. And I think I'm probably a little bit hard on <laughs> on celebrities, but I think like if you've got if you've got a few quid in a bank, you got you've ain't got any excuses to be a bad dad, right? Not because you have to spend loads of money on your kids, but like so much stuff dads have to do to provide yeah. takes them away from being dads. Yeah. You know? So kind of like I suppose when I think about like I suppose when I admire any dad who is just doing the best they can with what they've got to be a good dad, you know, the dads that are working brutal night shifts so that they can be there for the school run. The dads that are, 
I don't know, yeah, working Saturdays to save up an extra couple of quid so the family can have a nice holiday, the dads that are like trying their best and, you know, and I don't know, just, yeah, just trying to, trying their best and just, I don't know, trying to, uh, it's hard, isn't it? It's complicated, man. But yeah, I think they're the everyday dads, the dads that only get access once a fortnight, you know, the, 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 there's some hard stories out there, you know, and like being a dad is like, it's the second hardest job in the world, isn't it? If being a mum's the first, it's the second hardest job in the world. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, I'd say the more everyday dads who are, are just trying their best, man, just trying to trying to be good dads and aware of changes they need to make or aware of just trying to do things better. Because we're all just trying to do things. I had a great upbringing, but I'm still trying to do things better. You know, I still know all the things that I think, oh, I wouldn't have done it like that because it affected me like this. And it's almost like a pendulum, isn't it? We're all just trying yeah. to do the opposite. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, no no dads in particular, but um, no, certainly no celebrity ones. But yeah, like all the, yeah, shout out the dads, man, doing their best. So not like a what might have been considered a stereotypical dad, sort of a Homer Simpson type figure that was a bit, um, just like to sit and drink beer. And when he wasn't working, he was sat chilling type of type of dad. We're not going down that route with, with their... Uh, we're, we're sort of pinpointing all the actual hard work that dads dads do do and try and do and always want to do as well. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, listen, if that if someone out there is a Homer Simpson style dad and it's working, right? You know, what I mean, well, like, who am I it. to say? Who that's am I to say? You know, absolutely, you're yeah, a good dad. Like, and yeah, you can only work with what you got. Do the best you can with what you've got, and we've all got different things. And um, yeah. That's kind of, I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's just trying to be a bit better and trying to like, like analyze your performance almost and be like, ah, oh, like I have so many situations. I think like, oh, I didn't handle that right. And yeah. if that comes up again, I'm, I really don't want to do that again. And, yeah. um, you know, it's like, it's deciding, isn't it? Whether you've got something wrong or whether the situation warranted the response that you gave it or, um, and you know, if I do overreact, um, I'll always say sorry to my kids, you know, and, you know, say like, it's, it's, I should not have, daddy should know better. You know, it's not the behavior, it's the response. Daddy should know better. I shouldn't have said that. And I think that's really important, you know, and that's just me trying to do the best with with what I've got and acknowledge my mistakes. And I think that's that's all you can do really in life, isn't it? In general, really, is just try and do a little bit better than the day before. And it's difficult breaking down that sort of stereotypical dad, because even, you know, dads do a lot more nowadays than what they would have been considered sort of wouldn't have been considered a hands-on parent maybe back when we were kids or maybe back when our parents were kids it was very different so you can still get them stereotypes that come through like if for whatever reason your wife was going on holiday for the weekend or something like that and you were left with the kids for the weekend people will say oh are you going to manage well yeah because i live with them every day of the year any other time you know just because there's two of us in the house makes things slightly easier but i'm still around and doing it you know just because that other person that mum isn't there doesn't mean things are going to fall to pieces. Granted, things are a lot easier when mum is around, but we can survive. We can survive. And it's not just happy meals and, uh, you know, chicken nugget and chip meals. It's like we, we actually do do things. We go out, we can, we can, we can survive. We're okay. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? <laughs> I think society's changed, isn't it? Society's yeah. changed. And, and that's one of the challenges because I think the rules are different now. Like the rules used to be really clear. Like you just didn't have to do nothing. You know, yeah. like when the, when your wife was in labor, you were in a pub waiting for the pub phone to ring so you could hand out the cigars. You know, it was, uh, 
and like it's a, it's it's different now and i think to some extent that change has happened really quick and i think everyone the whole society is trying to kind of figure out like where where these roles are and how it works and and that's different in every house as well you know like you know work dictates so much how much you're around and 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 how much you do and the family dynamics and you know like some people want to i don't know it's just different every that's the most amazing thing isn't it from having you know like listening to shows like yours having these type of conversations is like just hearing other people's experiences because you kind of you feel a bit don't you like oh everyone must be doing it kind of the same and, and no one's doing it the same everyone's different and yeah it's like it's really cool it's fascinating to me really really fascinating but and you can either you can either buy a parenting book or somebody could go on social media or youtube and watch a few videos on some motivational speaker that just happens to be a dad and you know like you you said about them the type of podcasts where you know this is the way you must do it. And I am doing it right. And if you just follow these principles and examples, then you will be the best at ever as well. Like life doesn't work like that. Does it? That's not really how it goes. It's just not, not at all. So you have not to have these, all. these conversations and these different voices to say, well, actually, you know, this is, this is my experience as Tom. And then, you know, we get some crossover as we have a conversation because we've got kids that are around similar age. We've had maybe a similar experience with sleepless nights, but the rest of it could be wildly different. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Half of it's just kind of knowing that you, you know, it doesn't even have to be the same knowing that other people are going through something similar or, you know, like it doesn't even have to be the same, the same thing, but be like, Oh yeah. Someone else knows what that's like. Or, um, yeah. Cause kids change anyway, man. Like we always found just when we find some sort of routine and we feel like, Oh yeah, life is finally feeling a bit easier, particularly when when they're small then there's like one of those sleep progressions and you have like a, a month of hell and then out the other side of it you suddenly all oh, right like you know bedtime's now changed <laughs> like you know yeah. like oh okay now we get up at this time you know like it's almost decided for you i always felt like the kids were two steps ahead and by the time we caught up then they kept changing the rules you know that's how it yeah, was definitely and then when one of them things happens people are like Oh, did you not know this was like a nine month regression? <laughs> like everyone in the world knows. Well, no one told me, you know, even the midwife uh, and the whole visit have been coming around every couple of weeks for how many months. She never said it. She never warned me. We were approaching. She knows his date of birth. We're never approaching this date. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're just so not true, gonna, They're just not going to sleep anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's well, such common knowledge. No one even needs to talk about it. You just have to know it. Yeah. 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 No, it's it's true, isn't it? Ah, yeah. But, um, right. Yeah, I think we've had a really good dad chat. Oh, mate. Yeah, it was lovely. It was really, really lovely. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for having me on, man. I really appreciate it.